Morning, everyone. Oh, it is marvellous to be with you all. I am slightly intimidated about what's going to happen now. <laughs> oh, great, yes. I'm slightly concerned it's going to turn into a pantomime. Um, but <laughs> I asked for that, didn't I? Oh, dear. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's not often that your sermon is preached during the notices, um, but basically what Ali said about the weekend away, um, there we are, that's what I'm preaching on this morning. I'm actually preaching on the power of the shared experience. Now, you will have heard me talk about it before because I'm a bit of a one-trick pony, but I love a shared experience. I don't really like football, but I quite like the World Cup, particularly if we're doing well. I loved Line of Duty, if anyone was clued in on that. Exactly. I don't necessarily like Eurovision, but I thoroughly enjoyed it this year. It was fantastic. I've had about four discussions this morning about the result. And it's just been marvellous. That shared experience together. Things like, well, I love Christmas. Christmas is better than my birthday because we all get to do it together. And even things like a cleaning day down here at Jubilee Centre, I just enjoy the idea of us all being together and doing something together. Um, a lot of these things, it's about the anticipation beforehand, it's about the discussion afterwards, but a shared experience is just brilliant. I reflect on some of the high points in my life, and most of them, in fact probably all of them, have included a shared experience, a, a gathering together. There's very few things that I've accomplished on my own, to be honest. Um, and I sometimes think, well, it's all about the teamwork, isn't it? You know, every so often somebody will come to me with a very good intention and they'll say, there's this award, it's for community work, we should nominate Charlene for an award. And it's very difficult to nominate somebody in secret, um, and often you're not allowed to because you have to share their data. And I'll go to Charlene and say, Charlene, somebody wants to nominate you for this war award. And she just looks at me now, and she'll just go, yeah, but what about all the other people? It's not just me. What about all the other people? I couldn't have done it without them. So Charlene's never got an award, um, because she has a massive team of people. And she's entirely happy with that. But it's about... Us as a team, isn't it? It's about a shared experience. Um, so apart from together making us powerful, there are, different, there are different elements that I want to bring out about why together is good. And the first one is endurance. You've probably heard the, ver uh, the, the proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And somehow we can just go further when we're together. And one thing that sticks out in my mind, again, a, a really important shared experience that we had together, was 21 days of prayer and fasting. Remember, pre-COVID, pre we did a couple of years, um, from the end of January into February, we did 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we met together every night of those 21 days. And I remember when somebody first mooted the idea of us meeting together for 21 days, I'm like, that's ridiculous. Who's going to do that? And have I got time to do that? I was at every single one of those that I could possibly be at. But the point was that it was that shared experience. It, it galvanised me into being able to fast better. It galvanised me into, into to keeping going. And I didn't do the full fast. I know some people did. Um, 
I just did a restricted diet and restricted times. But it was tough. But the fact was, I could talk to other people about it. We could share the experience. You knew when you gathered in that attic that everyone was starving. And it didn't matter because there was something about... There was an edge to it. There was something about it. And that gave me the ability to keep going. And that endurance of going together, I think, is really important. And it's also about teamwork, about doing stuff together. Um, recently, I was at a, at a boot camp at the gym, and I have to say, I didn't enjoy it very much at all. Um, and we were pitched into, there was about 12 of us pitched into to teams of two. And the, the, the flaw with this was that everybody just did everything as fast as they possibly could because you're trying to beat the other teams, which meant everybody did everything incredibly badly. So it was fast but it wasn't effective in any way. And then the high point of the whole evening was when he was a, an ex-army instructor and he laid out all these weights, kettlebells, those things that look like duffel bags, different things. And then everybody together had to pick up all of the weights and you had to take them all right round the whole room and bring them back again. And at that point, I'm like, this is what I'm here for. This is it. I was the only person, by the way. And it, we'd, get, we'd get round, and then I'd get, put my kettlebells back down. But somebody else, so some were lightweights, some were heavyweights. And so somebody was saddled with the heavyweights. And I'd be there, they're still coming down. And I'm like, come on, this is brilliant. Come on, you can do it. Get those weights. Come on. People, I didn't mind that people were looking at me. But the point was, we were now a whole team, and there was an opportunity to encourage somebody slower in the team to come on and to come together. And that teamwork for me is really important. Also, things in common. We have a fantastic family hub, um, but we're all with all different ages, we're at different stages in our life. You know, some of us are approaching retirement, some of us have just had a baby, some of us just got married and graduated. All sorts of different people, different backgrounds, some from the north, some from the south, me from the middle, all sorts of different things. But at the moment, we're looking at church values. And those are values that we hold together. And it means that there is a common platform where we can all come together. We all have something to say. We all have something to discuss. And that things in common, again, a really important dynamic of the shared experience. A sense of purpose and achievement. You know when you build something, something bigger than you? I remember the, um, the Diamond Jubilee party. Does anyone remember that? When we closed the road. It was amazing. We had hundreds and hundreds of people that came. And I got to wear a high-vis jacket and have a walkie-talkie. I'm not joking, it's one of the best days of my life. It was so good. But I could have thrown a party in my house. But would it have had the impact? Would it have been as much fun? I don't think so. So there's that whole sense of just something that's bigger than we are. And there's lots of other good reasons for having that shared experience. And next week, Dan is going to look at the value and importance of gathering together. So I'm sure that he'll be touching on some of those things. But there are some things that just don't work as well if they are experienced by us as individuals. And I want to look at a piece of scripture which we know and love, Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, because what a fantastic corporate experience that these people had together. How amazing. So we'll start at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. What a fantastic piece of scripture. How glorious, how chaotic, how crazy must it have been to, to be there and to witness that, to be, to be a part of that, that shared experience. But, you know, God can do anything, can't he? And imagine, in your, just think now, what would have happened if all those followers of Jesus had scattered because obviously they were quite scared because Jesus had died and there'd been lots of traumatic events. Imagine if they hadn't come together like they did. Imagine if they'd all gone back to their houses and it's first thing in the morning and they're having the breakfast or they're on the daily commute on the donkey or walking. They're in the garden, whatever they're doing, and the Holy Spirit comes on each of them as individuals. And there's a tongue of fire on each of them and they're falling down drunk. And what do their neighbours think? They would just look at them and think, what, what's happening? Why is my neighbour drunk? What, what's going on here? And it, it would have just lost its impact completely. You know, they might not have even notice they were speaking their language because they couldn't get past the fact that their neighbour was drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. And the individuals that were experiencing that, they would have doubted themselves. It would have been scary. If you were the person that was experiencing that and you had no idea what it was, it would be quite scary. And afterwards, you'd think that you'd just imagined it. Yeah. And I remember we were, uh, we've just finished our Alpha course and we, had, uh, we have an evening where we talk about healing. And um, I was reminded of an incident that happened when uh, the guys were out on the street work, the street work team. And there was a man that was out on the streets that, that was a, a regular um, contact of the street work team. I think his name was Gary. And um, he, he'd got a massively swollen face, probably an abscess or something under his tooth, in a lot of pain, couldn't eat, um, face out here. And the team gathered round and they prayed for him. And as they prayed, his face went down. And Brendan said to the rest of the team, have I just imagined that? Or did that man's face change shape? Now you can imagine if somebody was on their own, they might just think, it probably wasn't that swollen. It probably, you know, it, he probably exaggerated. As it was, I think Joyce then took the man out for something to eat because the pain had gone. But as a shared experience, there was a credibility to it. They didn't doubt one another because together they'd seen what God had done. And that's just so important. And tongues of fire, imagine the tongues of fire, but actually it's one big fire that separated, not just little individual tongues. Again, it has such a power to it. And it's much more difficult to dismiss or discredit a crowd. It's easy to talk yourself out of something. It's easy to think that one person was maybe just a bit crazy. 
but a crowd of people it's much more difficult because there's a, there's a weight to it, there's a credibility to it. And many people were touched by this crowd because they were all together. And you can imagine in the debrief afterwards when you're like, what just happened? It meant they could talk about it together. They could think about it. They could mull on it. They could encourage one another. How did it feel for you? Was it like that for you? Did I imagine that? Did that really? Did you feel your head hot? Because I really felt my head hot. Were your hands hot? Did you know you could speak that language? And the whole kind of talking about it together, again, it gathers a momentum because you've talked about it, you've experienced it, and you think, if this has happened once, it can happen again. If this has happened to me, it can happen to somebody else. If this has just happened at this moment, what's going to happen in the next moment? And the power of that shared experience was incredible. Now, it might seem like I'm preaching to the choir a bit because, let's face it, we're all here, aren't we? But even we can get discouraged, we can get distracted, we can get pulled away by other things. There's so many platforms now to be able to access church and access things of God. You know, this... There's a, you, could, you could join a mega church in America on a Sunday morning if you wanted to. You could join any church. You could listen to a podcast. You can read a book. You could, there's so many ways of, of accessing the things of God. But this, this here, this is really important. And what if the shared experience that you and I have is so much bigger than you or me? Imagine, again, turn your imagination back, if Acts 2 had ended at verse 4. So verse 4 is basically where they've all been filled with the Holy Spirit. And then after that is when the crowd understands or hears this, this noise, this, this phenomenon that's going on. But imagine, imagine if they haven't been around. Imagine that everyone's still in the upper room, the Holy Spirit comes, they're all just there in the room and nobody else knows about what's happened. Imagine if we just went to Acts 3, which is where um, Peter and John heal a lame man. They'd be like, yes, Peter and John, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, go them, they can heal now, they've been touched by the Holy Spirit and none of the rest of it happened. We would have written off 3,000 people because in that moment, all those people that heard more people heard. And in the end, Peter had to preach and had to explain to people what was happening. He told them what, what this phenomenon was. And in that day, 3,000 people were added to their number. But if it had just been happening in secret, nobody would have known. Because the shared experience isn't just for you and me. The shared experience is for those that come to find out. It's for those who've tasted a little bit and want to find out more. It's for those who are hungry and have nothing at all. It's for those that just come in. It's for those in the room. It's for those that are watching online, that are just finding out, see what's happening. It's for those who we talk to on a Monday morning. You remember when um, Hannah came up and she was doing her everyday worlds and she said, you know, she's, if people ask, what did you do at the weekend? She's just honest, well, I, I went to church. Imagine, I went to church, and then God moved, and we had an amazing time. Imagine telling that to your work colleagues. 
It's for those out there for whom we take the shared experience beyond the threshold. It's for them as well. It's not just for us. It's for those 3,000 people that were added on that day. And you might be thinking, well, I don't know about 3,000 people. But I do believe that Heidi Baker said, stop for the one. And you might think, well, don't, we, don't, we don't really see it, do we? I mean, it's nice for you to stand up there and preach it. And you're a church leader. And I'm sure you, you mean well, don't you? But really, honestly, is this going to happen? Well, I think that unless we give it a chance, unless we pursue it together, it's not going to happen, is it? And I think of this morning of just that little taste of heaven in our worship, that little glimpse when you feel the Holy Spirit start to move and you feel the Holy Spirit start to move you and you think, oh, what's to come? What else is there? And we know that during lockdown and through circumstances, we lost some momentum. We just have to be honest about that. We lost some momentum in our worship, in our confidence, in our tenacity, in our purpose. We lost momentum in our expectation of signs and wonders. We lost that expectation that maybe God can do it again and maybe he can do it here. But you know, it says in Joel 2 verse 25, I will restore to you the days that the locust has eaten. And I believe that we are seeing a glimpse of that restoration. And you might remember, we used to sing a song based on Habakkuk 3 called Renew Them in Our Day. I think you've probably got to be of a certain age to remember it, to be honest. But I like, it was from Habakkuk, verses, uh, Habakkuk 3, verses 1 and 2, and I like the way that the New Living Translation puts it. It says, this prayer was sung by the prophet Habakkuk. I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. And Habakkuk is petitioning God on behalf of the Israelites and he's asking God to do again the amazing things that he's done before. Part in the Red Sea, bringing the plagues on the, on the Egyptians, water out of a rock, a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud, manna coming from heaven, birds falling from heaven, incredible things, miracles and signs and wonders. And Habakkuk's like, we've had this before, Lord. Can we have it again? Will you renew it for us? And that can be our prayer too. Do we think that God can do this for us? Do we anticipate God moving here? And when I say here, I mean in here, but I also mean in our town. I also mean in our nation. I also mean in our world. But this is where we start. This is what we've got. If we believe that God can renew them in our day, then the shared experience is going to be key to that. Because it may start with individuals, and it does all of us need that individual hunger. All of us need to be before God, don't we, personally, in, as it was called, our prayer closet, whatever that might be. Um, but we all need to seek God individually. But then it's when we come together. It's that shared experience. 
And yes, we may have lost some things, but we have a choice when we come on a Sunday. We have a choice about how we, what our attitude is to this and to each other. And you might come thinking, oh, I wish it was a bit more this, and I wish it was a bit more that. And I understand that, because maybe that's hunger. Maybe that's what will drive us forward. But we do have a choice. We can look for the individual experience. We can go and find it in a book, in a podcast. We can go and look somewhere else. We can maybe just take a hike and go to a different church. But as Corrie Ten Boom once said, when the train is going through the tunnel, that's not the time to get off. We can stop looking. We can give up altogether. Or we can be part of making it happen here. And Ali said something really significant this morning, again, when she was preaching my sermon in her notices, which I'm very happy that she did because it was a great foretaste. She said something about bringing, us bringing it here, us bringing in the kingdom, us doing it together. And I remember years and years, oh my goodness, well, I've been here for 42 years. And many of you might remember a man called Bill Elliott. Um, he, was a, he was a patriarch to the church. He was an elder in the church. And I remember he once had um, a picture, and it was a picture of a building. And the building was made of living stones. It was made of people. And the people were chanting together. And what they were chanting was, bring back the king. Bring back the king. And I've never forgotten that. And that was here, that was in this church. That vision was for us. And built together as a living temple, we can bring back the king. Because what we have is precious and significant. But there is more. There is more. There is more coming. I know there is. There's a greater measure of his presence. There's more to receive. There's more to give. We can go higher. We can go deeper. But it will only happen if we keep going together. Worshipping together, meeting together, praying together, seeking his face together. And the power of the shared experience of encountering God together, just as the early church did in Acts 2, is that we keep going. So later on in Habakkuk, Habakkuk goes from that frustration of Why is God doing it this way? And why is he not doing this? And, you know, Habakkuk is frustrated. I understand his frustration. But then, when we get to the the end of Habakkuk 3, he is hopeful of what God is going to do, even though he doesn't see it yet. And this is what Habakkuk says. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines... Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet, love that word, small but significant, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. And you know, Habakkuk didn't get it all. He didn't see it all. But he knew what was coming and it gave him the confidence to keep going. We may not see it all now, but you know, we get a glimpse. 
we get a taste, just like we have this morning. And it's in our shared experience. It's the power of us together. And there's more to come. So let's keep going. Let's keep following Jesus together. There is a move of God coming. It'll come to this nation. And we can either let it pass us by or we can anticipate it. We can lean into it. We can usher it in. We can be part of making it happen. But the main way we will do it is together with the power of our shared experience. I'm just going to pray. Father, I thank you so much for who you have made us, Lord, and what we have become. Father, thank you that as a people, as we gather together, we are not insignificant, Lord, but you see us, you hear us, you come to presence yourself amongst us. And Father, we want to lean into all that you have for us. And we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We want to usher in the kingdom. We want to continue to move together, to gather together, to experience together. And we say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, move in our, in our humble little community church that loves you, that's full of good people that love you. God, we want to continue that journey. We want to continue moving together, moving towards you. And we're going to continue to gather and to experience you and to experience your presence. And we say, Holy Spirit, come to us, move on us, use us, because we're hungry and we want to see what you will do for us. Amen.